Hi, I'm Ryan Barnes. And I'm Anakin Barnes. Welcome to Season 2 of the Barnes Boys Podcast. We're both big movie fans. And we're both actors. We watch movies through different lenses. You see, my dad grew up in the 80s in a very conservative environment in California. While my son goes to high school at a fine arts school in liberal British Columbia. Each week, we watch a different movie. And we discuss it through the different perspectives we bring to the table. Since I've been born, CGI and quick cuts were the norm. While all we had were practical effects and converted theater actors. So sit back, relax, grab some popcorn. And enjoy the show. Alright, so welcome to this week's movie. Yeah, this is this is a interesting... It, we, we're starting this new pattern because last week we were... When we were in Orlando, we mm-hmm. had our little, and I do want to apologize to our listeners for the quality of last week's recording. Right. We didn't have our studio equipment, and we had this little portable co- recorder, which did not hold up to our normal standards. Right. But last week, we were trapped inside because of, of I don't know, it was a hurricane, but it was a tropical storm. Yeah. And so now we're back home, and we're trapped inside because of the fires and the, <laughs> and the smoke and the air quality being so bad. So... So maybe next week we'll be trapped inside for um, Sharknado. Right, maybe. <laughs> so um, let's get let's get right into it. This week we have watched and we will be talking about uh, the movie Jaws, made in 1975. Uh, we have the cast of Roy Schneider. Schneider. Schneider? Schneider. Roy uh, Schneider. Yes. Robert Shaw and Richard... Dreyfus. Dreyfus? Dreyfus. Dreyfus. Yes. All right. And uh, directed by Steven Spielberg, uh, one of the greatest, greatest director and writers. It is. And this is one of his first movies, too. Yeah, it was. So. Um, And then based off of the novel by Peter Benchley? Benchley, yes. All right. So let's get into the IMDb uh, synopsis here. When a killer shark unleashes, ca- un- unleashes, <laughs> he's a real estate agent. Right. <laughs> when a killer shark unleashes chaos on on a beach community, it's all it's all up to the local sheriff, a marine biologist, and an old seafarer to hunt uh, to hunt the beast down. Well, yeah, I mean, th- this is probably one of the m- <laughs> one of the most succinct descriptions that we've seen from IMDb. Yeah. Because normally we we see we see these these ex- descriptions that are are just kind of you know maybe maybe those points stick out in the movie right. but uh but it's not not at all where the heart of the movie is and and this I think this is a really good uh, a really good summary mm-hmm. if you were to do it in one sentence. Right. So <laughs> it it makes me think like Maybe for Return of the Jedi, it's like um, Princess Leia feeds some weird cheese to a teddy bear, and Luke finds out that, I don't know, his father's good now. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert for Return of the Jedi. Yeah, nobody signed on to to learn about that movie. They thought we were just going to spoil Jaws for him. (laughs) Yeah, and so... Um, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna jump in in a minute with our trivia, but today is a very special episode because we have a special guest with us, and right. we are we are expanding the Barnes Boys universe as of this episode. Right. So um, so we'll be back in just a moment with our trivia. All right. Well, there is a lot of great trivia for Jaws. It's yeah. there was a lot that went into it, and into making the movie and it's was a classic movie oh, wow. and it's, um, it's double-sided 
It is double-sided. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I definitely didn't get all of the trivia. I just picked out the, the things that were interesting to me. Right. And there's, there's quite a bit, though. Like, looking at, like, the Wikipedia trivia pages or mm-hmm. whatever, there's, like, a long list. It is list. so long. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so... We'll start off with several decades after the film's release, Lee Fierro. She's a she's a woman who played Mrs. Kittner, the one the mother of the boy who died. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, this I love this story. Mm-hmm. Um, Lee Fierro walked into a seafood restaurant and noticed on the that the menu had an Alex Kittner sandwich. Mm-hmm. She commented that she had played his mother so many years ago. The owner of the restaurant ran out to meet her, and he was Jeffrey Voorhees, who had played her son. They, wow. <laughs> they hadn't seen each other since the original movie shoot. So that's that's super cool. Yeah. That's, Small world, I guess. Yeah, right. And I, when I saw his name on the credits, I didn't know I didn't know that was his name until yesterday. Okay. But uh but it was yesterday was also Friday the thirteenth, which mm. is um another movie with the the um the antagonist. His name is Jason Voorhees. So uh, uh. Oh. Uh, just it's a small world. It's all connected somehow. <laughs> yeah. it, it, this is like the the um, the eighties MCU, seventies eighties <laughs> MCU. <laughs> I guess so. Um, Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfuss could not stand each other, and the two argued all the time, which resulted in some good tension between Hooper and Quint. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, that's uh, the marine biologist and and the, the captain. Yeah, oh, okay. the fisherman. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. This I love this. When composer John Williams originally played this, oh, this isn't the one I thought it was, but it's still good. Okay, <laughs> uh, John Williams composed it, and I love John Williams. Yeah. So I, um, when CDs were a thing back mm-hmm. in the day, I had so many John Williams scores. Um, okay. I, I just I just loved it. If if he was a composer, then then I would pick up the the soundtrack or the score, and just listen to his stuff over and over again. He's I, done I, a lot of like big movies, like. Um... He did Star Wars, Jaws, Indiana Jones, I think. Yes, Super, Superman, uh, Jurassic Park. Some of the Harry Potter movies, I believe. Um, I, th- I think he did think the Harry- first two. It was either it was either him or John Barry. I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember which one. Uh, or maybe it was someone else. I I don't remember. Okay. But yes, he he, that's his thing, and yeah. he's Spielberg's go to guy mm-hmm. as well. Um, but, uh, when he, when he originally played the score for Spielberg, Spielberg laughed and said, that's funny, John, really, but what did you have in mind for the theme of Jaws? Because <laughs> it, it was just two notes. Duh, duh, right. Duh, and that's, that's what he played for him. And, um, he, Spielberg later said that without Williams score, the movie would have only been half as successful. Oh, wow. And, and according to Williams, it, it, uh, jumpstarted his career as that's well. Great. Yeah, Definitely. Um, so on that note, mm-hmm. John Williams was conducting the orchestra during the 1976 Academy Awards. So when it was announced that he won the Oscar for the best score, he had to run up to the podium to accept his Oscar, then run back to continue conducting <laughs> the orchestra. <laughs> That's so awesome, though. I mean, how, yeah. you're, you're 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 back now. You 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 just got your Oscar. Now you're running back. And you're trying to conduct uh, the score for the Oscars. This huge thing, mm-hmm. and and you just. You've got this huge grin on your face, and mm. all you can think about was the fact that you just won the award for for uh, doing exactly that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so here's one that I don't know if you knew, but Sp- Spielberg named the shark Bruce after his lawyer. 
And that's why the Great White in Nemo is named Bruce. I quickly, like, reading up on um, on, on the trivia right before we started recording, uh-huh. I'm not a big reader, so I don't read the full thing. No, because words are hard. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to say English is my second language, but I don't have a first. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was reading, and I saw Bruce, and I'm like, huh, that's the name of the shark in Nemo. Right. But I didn't yeah. read all the way. Exactly, exactly. Uh, there were three mechanical Bruces, um, each with specialized functions. One shark opened on the right side one shark opened on the left side and then the shirt the third was fully skinned so it had oh, wow. it was completely enclosed each shark had cost approximately two hundred fifty thousand dollars wow so when they um when they made these they tested them out they had so many problems with mm-hmm. with the sharks in in uh while they were trying to film it was okay. it was a huge it was like the delorean and back to the future it was a right. huge problem um and they, but they had tested them, but they had tested them in a freshwater tank. And oh. what happened is the salt water just wreaked havoc on, oh, yeah, on the animatronics. Sure. So, At the the fact that they were animatronics is like one of my notes for later okay. on. Okay. Uh, Spielberg shot roughly 25% of the film from water level to provide the viewers the perspective as if they were treading water. That's, now, that's, it's brilliant. Genius, yeah. 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 I had, I had, I have a note that we'll talk about later as far mm-hmm. as as far as where the camera was, but I didn't realize that that was the reason for it. Each note is like kind of going into each one of my uh, yeah. or like trivia parts, uh, kind of answering some questions to my notes. Okay. Um, author Peter Benchley was thrown off the set after objecting to the climax of the movie. He was also fired for weighing the story down with too many subplots involving romance and mafia intrigue. So he was he was one of the two to screenwriters adapting mm-hmm. the novel for the screen. Okay. And um I've I've read some Peter some Peter Benchley books. I don't think I read Jaws, um, but I've I've read some other stuff and he's a great writer. But he wanted to do more with the movie and Spielberg disagreed, thinking that it would uh, it would just weigh the plot down and, and be too much to to follow for the screen. Interesting. So what we have what we've resulted in is the perfect movie. Right. (laughs) So, um, Quint's boat is named Orca. Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) I literally said something about this in my notes. (laughs) In real life, the Orca whale, which is known as a killer whale, Mm -hmm. is the known enemy of the shark and the only known predator of the great white. Yep. Aside from the Megdalon from Meg. Right. (laughs) Which is not real. Um, That we know of. So okay, so another one, and the reason this one captured my attention is because I had made notes of this when we were watching the movie. But that fo- the forward tracking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? Then I just won't talk about this since you and I both both okay. this one. All right, Jaws. Jaws was voted the sixth scariest film of all time by Entertainment Weekly. All right, uh, and then the last note. And this would be the same if you or I, you and I were trying to f- make some do a film on the water. The actors were frequently seasick. I I kept thinking about that watching like the climax part of the movie mm-hmm. where the rest of the movie is like on the boat. Yeah. Spoiler, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah. The, the, spoiler word, the alert. The movie about a shark takes place on the water. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, so yeah. All right. So, uh, we'll be right back with our special guest for impressions and memories. So stay tuned. 
So this is the uh, the impressions of memories, and yeah. we have a very special guest. We do. So um, so we the Barnes boys we we are two generations um, who oh, absolutely perspectives, perspectives <laughs> who absolutely love the movies, but where that genetically came from <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> would uh, would be my father. Larry Barnes, who also absolutely loves the movies. And so he's going to be a special guest talking about, uh, in this section of Impressions and Memories, talking about what he remembers and the impressions he had. So, Dad, welcome to the show. Morning. How are you guys doing? <laughs> we're, doing we're doing okay. So, yeah. uh, first of all, you... You know, Anakin and I love movies, but I, I don't think we're we're nearly as dedicated to the cinema <laughs> as as you are. Right. How many times a week would you say that you go to a movie? Well, right now, since uh, COVID, just one one day a week. It's one day a week. Okay. Um, if uh, it normally though, when I when I talk to you, I. I hear that you're. You'll tell me that you're going on, uh, on a, like a, a Tuesday and, and then a Wednesday and then a Friday. So you're you're at you're at the movie theater all the time, and you're you're not just you're not just a connoisseur of the movies. You actually uh, you're very particular about which theater you go to as well, right? Right. Uh, in fact, well, I was going so much that they offered me a job three times. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Since you're well, because they know you'll show up. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's great. Yeah. Well, okay. So now today we are we're talking about Jaws, uh, which came out in 1975, the year before I was born. Um, so I I didn't see it at the at the theater or anything, of course. But um, but uh, this section we we always talk about our impressions uh, and our memories and and. And, um, so we'll, we can start, uh, we'll start with, with Anakin, the youngest, yep. and we'll talk about, uh, talk about what his impressions and memories of, of this, uh, of this movie were. And then, uh, and then we'll move on and, and, uh, we definitely want to hear what it was like for you because Anakin, Anakin saw this, um, as somebody who was used to newer movies and newer, newer technology, newer special effects and everything like that. And so it was a different experience for him than it was for me, than it was for you. Right. So, so, uh, Anakin, what, tell, tell us your impressions and memories. So I, this is like my third, fourth time seeing this movie. And, um, every time I, I enjoy it, I find something new, um, uh, about it to enjoy. And this time I kind of was looking at it from a perspective of knowing, uh, and being used to newer special effects. Um, like as a kid, okay. it, um, you showed me quote unquote older movies all the time. Right. So it, um, so I was kind of used to that, those kinds of special effects. Um, that were like made around that time, say like Star Wars or Jaws or okay, um, the first Indiana Jones, whatever. Sure. Um, I I'd been used to that, so to me it was just another movie. But looking at it now, um, have seen the progression of the 21st century uh, movie effects. It's um, it's really interesting to look at because a lot of the special effects were. 
um, almost like I, <laughs> I, I, I'm having trouble putting this into words because it, it, looking at the year this was made, it was very impressive special effects. Mm, yeah, but looking at it from nowadays, it you can almost tell that it it kind of seems like they went to Spirit Halloween and just bought a bunch <laughs> of props, you know. All right. Yeah. But again, like I I've seen this movie before, so it, for me it's a bit more memories and um we'll get into it later, but like one of my memories from from the jaw uh from the movie Jaws is not from watching the movie, but always liking uh hearing the story that Grandpa always tells with this movie. Okay. Excellent. Uh well, so do you I mean it, now, like you said, you've seen it a, f- a few times, and, mm-hmm. and you're a bit older, but um, do you remember ever being scared from this movie or being scared of going in the pool or, or anything like that? No, not really. Because no. <laughs> <laughs> right. as, as a kid, I always found sharks fascinating, and they were cool. Yeah, and you had you had toy sharks, you had shark books, and, yeah. and, and you, you, knew, you knew your sharks really well. Yeah. So, excellent. And that's actually, that's because of this and because <laughs> i think it's because of my my um fascination or fear of sharks which which mm-hmm. we're going to talk about in just a minute how that happened right. um that um that i always got got that stuff for you and mm-hmm. and you became interested in it yeah so all right so so uh dad or grandpa i guess depending on who <laughs> <laughs> so you you've seen this movie plenty of times and and i know 1975 when that came out that was that was a long time ago it was 45 46 years ago um not for me not for you <laughs> <laughs> so what uh what as far as you remember what were your first impressions and what memories do you have of seeing this movie both in the theater and then maybe watching it again at home or anything like that well first thing uh the Steven Spielberg movie, and he cannot make a bad movie. Right, this off. is true. Yeah, this is true. Second, first week it came out in Hollywood, there were people throwing up in the seats, throwing up in the highways, throwing up in the in the in where the concessions are, because it got so graphic. Interesting. Even That's... though, even even though it was not sophisticated technology it, but it was pretty pretty awesome in my day <laughs> right right it was it, it was so realistic i mean when once they uh the jaws started chomping on people and you know you see body parts and teeth stuff like that people yeah. got really sick mm-hmm. uh what i something that i read about it was um the the arm um for for Chrissy, the girl who died in the beginning of the movie that was covered with crabs, um, it didn't look re- the fake arm didn't look realistic enough, mm-hmm. and so they they buried uh, one of the the crew members or, or maybe one of the cast members <laughs> in the sand with her arm sticking out, oh, and wow. then they poured hot coffee on the crabs to get them to scurry around her oh, when wow. they <laughs> when they shot it. That's really interesting. Well, whatever worked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So, Grandpa, why don't you? Yeah. Why well, don't you? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's let's we'll get to this. Okay, we'll, we'll get to this. Okay. So let, let him let him keep going. This is yeah. a great story, and 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 I'm sure he's going to tell it because if not, we're going to ask him about it. Right. <laughs> but let him keep going on his. Okay. What uh, else? Well, 
Sure. Oh, um, what did what did you sure. think about what did you think about the um, the realism of the shark? Because before then, the there was there was no Shark Week. There was no uh, the general public did not know anything about sharks or what they look like. And so this, this probably would have been one of your first exposures to, to a great white, even though it wasn't real, but you had no idea what it, what it looked like for, for you. Was it, uh, well, I'll tell you on the big screen, they look pretty real to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it does. And I, I think even now it does too. Mm-hmm. Um, so did but, it uh, go ahead? No, go ahead. Did this affect you? Because I know you like you've always liked to go to the beach and go, drive to Pismo and everything. Did this affect you going in the water at all? Yes, it did. <laughs> how how so? Well, you don't know what's out there, and when they, especially Pismo, they get sharks. I think all the time. So you know, that's just to me. That's a big turnoff. <laughs> right. All right. That, so, uh, but your sister Sarah. I, I did her pretty. I damaged her pretty good by, by showing her that movie because she has never ever gotten the ocean. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> That's very true. Um, so, uh, Anakin, go ahead and ask your go ahead and okay. ask your question. So, Grandpa, one of my one of my favorite memories about this movie is every time I would either tell you that I watched it or watch it at your house, you would always tell the same story about the first time you saw it in the theater with with Grandma. Why don't you tell that story? Oh, yeah. I, I don't even remember what the name of the theater. They probably don't even have that theater no more. Anyway, it was packed. It was really packed, I mean. And they're all grown-ups, okay? And we had our large, extra-large sodas, or extra-large popcorn, and we're sitting there, we're waiting, and just eating and enjoying the opening scenes and stuff like that. But when they come to Ben Gardner's boat (laughs) and he goes down to take a look at the boat and then uh, (laughs) that head pops out of that hole. (laughs) Well, I was at the point I was, here's what was happening at the time. The time that was happening I was getting ready to take a drink of my extra large soda. I was, I was, my elbow was in, was in the movement part going up to my mouth. And I had the popcorn, I had the popcorn in my other hand because I was sharing it with your grandma. And that head popped out and that coat went straight up in the air and over my head and so did the popcorn. <laughs> and this this poor girl, this lady brought right behind him. Her hair was plastered <laughs> and soda, ice, popcorn. <laughs> and she was such a good sport about it, but she was just drenched. I mean, it was just dripping. She she had one of those hairstyles or where that were poof okay. up, you know, yeah. on her head, and it was just raining off of her hair. <laughs> And I'm I'm lucky that the the guy that was with her, her her person the person that was with her, uh, didn't get he laughed he just he just cracked up. But, but I, I felt so, I, I felt so bad. <laughs> oh, 
I love that. I, I love- didn't. I didn't know what to do. I just kind of sucked down in my chair and <laughs> grandma, grandma just covered her head, covered her face. And said, oh my gosh, Larry, what did you do? <laughs> that's great. Uh, and that's, that's, that's early on to the movie. So your, your soda and your popcorn would have been pretty full at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was a, Nice to remember. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's great. After, and then after the movie was over, I didn't want to stick around. <laughs> oh, that's that's good stuff. That's always one of my favorite stories you you've told. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, and for a long time after that, Grandma would not let me hold soda and pop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my For a gosh. long time after that, long yeah, time. that's good. That's good. Um, my uh, my first in- first impression. You talked about this uh, the scarring Sarah, my sister, and um, I remember I remember seeing this for the first time very very young, and and I, f- gosh, I I feel like I was three or four, and so. When when I was that age, which would it would have been around nineteen eighty or so, how were you? How were you watching movies at home? Was it was it beta or like if you wanted to if you wanted to watch a movie from the theater? Um, it was, was it were VH, they, VHS tape? VHS in nineteen eighty. Okay. So yeah. you would, that's because we didn't have the other the, the little small disc. We never had that. Okay. So in 19, 1980, I was I was around four years old, and um, my first impression of of the movie was was you had brought it home from I don't know probably rented it at the warehouse or or some some video rental place, and because it was PG, of course it's okay for little four year old <laughs> Ryan to watch, and that movie scared me so bad, and and. The same thing, and we we had this um, we had this above ground pool, kind of like the one we have our at our house now, but but uh, a bit smaller. But I was certain there was a shark in that pool. <laughs> I was afraid to go in that pool. I was afraid a shark was going to come out of the toilet at me. I was afraid of a, of taking a bath because at some point a shark was going to swim up the drain into the bathtub. <laughs> it traumatized me, and and even now I um I I. All of my activities, outdoor activities, almost all of them are in the water mm-hmm. and around the water, and and because of uh, because of that, because of of uh, Dad, you showing this to me at such a young age, I still am always afraid of seeing a fin. And, and if I'm out in the ocean and I'm uh, I'm sitting on my board waiting between waves of uh, sets of waves, and I am I am just absolutely freaked out that you know, part of me is enjoying it and part of me is super super tense because of that. <laughs> right. um, I was I was uh, surfing in Carlsbad once, and it was um, it was probably I don't know December. Uh, it, it was the winter sometimes, so there weren't a lot of people out on the beach. And but I was I was there just relaxing on the board, and there was probably one other person in the water with me, and and he was he was down 
I don't know, maybe about 50 feet away from me. So we weren't close, but I'm, I'm on the board and this fin pops up <laughs> and this is, this is about 10 feet from my head, maybe less. I don't know, but I'll be generous and say about 10 feet. And this fin pops out of the water and, and my mind goes right back to four year old me watching, <laughs> watching this movie in the living room, uh, in my parents' living room. And, um, and then, then I see, um, I see the spout and, and it blows air out. So I, so I realize that it's a dolphin. Um, and then my head, my irrational head, because of this irrational fear that I have from seeing it at such right. a young age, where my head immediately goes is, well, dolphins sometimes attack sharks. And so if there's a dolphin here, that means there could be a shark here. <laughs> and, and I was freaked out enough where, where I, I packed it in and, and I, I stopped surfing for the day. So it, it did its, uh, did its number on me as well. And right. that, that's the, imp- the lasting impression that it had. So, <laughs> well, it's a good thing. It's a good thing you watch it because it kept you on the defensive side. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. But on, on that same token, I I refuse to ever. I know that that Australia has got some of the great best beaches and and big um and best beaches to to surf in, and I refuse to ever go to Australia and go in the water um, because <laughs> because of the amount of great whites and and um I I'm just I'm not going to play with fire like that right. <laughs> So uh, sorry to our listeners in Australia. We'll never see you. <laughs> never see you. <laughs> so the great, the great wise own Australia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for yes, joining us. You. It was it was fun having you and fun hearing your impressions um, with this. And it, this is this is one of the great movies and you know top ten th- uh, scariest movies of all times. And and it's it's. <laughs> It's good having your impression. Yeah, it, and if you if if you enjoyed this part, then then if you'd like, we'd we'd love to have you back for for other movies in the future. Sure, anytime, anytime. Excellent. Alrighty. Yeah, uh, Jaws will be around forever. That Jaws will be around now. forever. It really will. Yes. Back to as long as there's sharks, as long as there's sharks in the ocean, that movie will be here. Right. right. Remember Back to the Future too, when Marty goes to the future, and, right. and it was uh, Jaws twelve or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. All right. All right. Well, fun. thanks, and uh, and we'll talk to you again. All righty. Okay. Take care, Anakin. Thank you. You as well. Bye bye. I don't know why we call this section the meat and potatoes because we don't really eat meat and potatoes very. I I know it's a well, common term. Well, how often? You know, I know that when you're not eating dinner with me, you're eating McDonald's or Subway or something like that, which they don't serve meat and potatoes. And I know at we, McDonald's they do French fries. Oh, all right, good call. Okay, well then I take I take that back. <laughs> Alrighty. So this is the <laughs> meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes. And something uh, something we didn't mention earlier that I do want to point out is last week we had initially said that we were going to do Legend of Billie Jean, and I apologize for anybody who watched that in advance, but we had to postpone that for a week because um, of reasons. Right. And so we will be continuing with that uh, next week. Um, but uh, but now we are into Jaws. So Anakin, cool. take us away. So one of my like I've 
two notes that kind of like tie into each other. Okay. For the to start us off is, um, I lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. Oh, there it is. I found it. All right, choo choo. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, this movie was pretty impressive uh, for 1975, mm-hmm. and looking at it from a, um, a student who took a film class and taking taking the perspective of a uh, behind-the-scenes person. Okay. Um, so it was really impressive for 1975 in terms of technology-wise. Mm-hmm. And so it made me, it made me think um, about the, the underwater cameras that they had to use a couple times mm-hmm. and how that underwater camera must have been, like, massive and heavy yes. just to use because... Um, no GoPros back then. no. And and thinking about the the equipment you had when you were doing scuba diving and you had uh, like these underwater cases for your cameras, yeah, yeah, that was like five years ago, and those things were pretty big. They were huge and heavy, yeah. and awkward. Yes. So I it, I could only imagine right. what it must have been like. Right, because they were they were film cameras. Yeah. And so not only did they have to not only did they have to oh uh, yeah. keep it keep it dry, but um, inside that enclosure, it would be generating heat. So they would mm-hmm. have to figure out a way to keep those cool as well. Right. That, oh, they, I didn't even think about the film part of mm-hmm. it, but yeah. So something uh, I didn't write in the, in the trivia, but, but since you mentioned it, mm-hmm. um, at one point, um, the the orca started to sink. There was a problem, and it w- wasn't part of the movie. It was just right. something happened, and, and oh, it no. was going down. And so, the um, they were calling for a boat to come and save the to save the actors. And then the sound guy said, "Forget the the actors, save the sound." And so <laughs> they uh, anyway they had a they had to pull all the gear off of the oh, no. off of the the boat. And the film, the film had uh, gotten wet, and so they they had lo- thought that they lost all this film, and then they realized um, after afterwards, you know, just like oh shoot, we've lost our movie. Right. Um, they realized afterwards that the de- developing solution is made out of saline, salt water. Oh, and so and so they immediately rushed it to a to a lab in in New York to mm. to grab and process that that film and so they they uh just a rush were, yeah processing. Were, it was and they were able to save it and then edit that back into how that's, they wanted it that's really lucky yeah 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 um and then one one thing that i i tried to keep it uh tried to keep my my very observant brain um away from my notes but this this one thing um i kind of just have to talk about is that the bonfire scene and the scene where they're running to go into the water. This is right at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Okay. Those are two different times of day. Yes. They one of them was shot at night and one of them was shot in the morning because it's East Coast. They I'm pretty sure they filmed in the East Coast. Yes. And so in Martha's Vineyard. Okay. Um so I noticed that because um well we had just been on the East Coast. Yes. So I, I kind of recognize the sun and everything. And so that's just one thing that stood out to me. So yeah, yeah. That's actually my my first notice. Notice somewhat related. It's my association with with the East Coast um, mm-hmm. uh, because of Jaws. 
made me very nervous when we were when we were uh, <laughs> on the water surfing and and yep. just hanging out. And and it it was pretty clear water, and it was only. Gosh, well, I mean, we've swam out to over our heads, but the waves waves weren't breaking to like our shoulders. And right. East Coast, East Coast surf is so embarrassing compared mm-hmm. to what we know in California. Right. So I'm sorry for your East Coasters, but um, but if you want if you want some good surf and you want some good waves, come you need to, to the Pacific. Come to the Pacific. That's it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go back uh to your first point though. Is you were you were talking to you were talking about your point of reference being your film class. Now you yeah. actually, you've been taking theater tech yeah. for quite some time and, and it's not film, but it is, it is all the technology that goes into making a show right now. Looking at it like that, thinking about, because you have a lot of the, a lot of the same things you have lighting, you have mm-hmm. sound and everything like that. But thinking that they're, they're recording on open water and, mm-hmm. um, and, the, and all of that equipment, um, what is that? What do you think about about that, and what had to go to go into 1975 versions of the smaller equipment that you have now? Right. So, for my first thought would have been um, the sound cancellation being on the open water, shooting out there, it with all the splashing water, the wind, and everything. Mm-hmm. That's for for my level of expertise. And for the technology that we have now, it's still fairly difficult. Yes. To cancel out all of that and then add a score on top of it and just make everything look good and everything. Tra- water sound travels so far on it water. Does. It really yeah. does. And so thinking about that, it um, it's it's still like I said for the year that it, this was mm-hmm. made, it's very impressive. That's I think it's impressive for now. Think if you just consider that it's all practical and nothing, nothing digital, nothing. Right. Uh, it's it's still very yeah. Impressive. Even that. Um, but also thinking it from thinking about it from a more, I have a higher expertise in theater tech than I do in film technology. Yeah, and shout out to your theater tech teacher who's been amazing. I know, he, <laughs> Mr. Holm. If you're listening, it's awesome. <laughs> you're doing great. Um, and so, um. Looking at it from a theater standpoint, every single effects that we have has to be practical. We don't have any room for CGI right, right. or anything. Like the biggest, like quote unquote, digital effects that we have is projection. Right. And we we I have a great theater at my school, but it it's very limiting with mm-hmm. what we have. Um. So with that. It's fairly, it's really impressive um, yes. looking at it from completely technical or, or practical, I mean. Right. But looking at it film-wise, um, it, film and theater tech have their similarities, but they're very different. Uh, yes, of course. Um, but looking at it film-wise, it's still fairly impressive, but I don't really know too much about it. Right. You know, when I was a kid, I was very proud of myself for figuring out that uh, this two-note theme from Jaws uh, on <laughs> piano, right. on piano, bass, and cello, and <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, cool, cool." And then I would, like anybody, my parents, my grandparents, I, my sister, and she was the more honest um, of them that said, "Nobody cares, Ryan," <laughs> <laughs> but I would play it for everybody that I could. Right. Um, 
but uh, but this this opening opening score uh, just John Williams is absolutely amazing, mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. Um, so some of my first notes here, we have the this open beach campfire. It's so rare nowadays. It used to be a thing. You just yeah. put up your your campfire anyway, but people ruined it for for all of us. Um, yeah. But I uh, for me, what I saw. I guess now from I would say from being a teenager forward is is that opening scene they have flat they're out swimming on flat water mm-hmm. um, where there's no waves around and it always seemed unrealistic to me and then I I've been to the Atlantic now I've, right. I've been to Miami and I've been to Orlando and mm-hmm. and that happens out there it's, yeah. it's flat water on the ocean it's so weird yeah um one one last thing about the bonfire is okay. um she the the i think her name is Chrissy Chrissy yeah um she cut her hand on something they right no somebody somebody gets cut uh the boy um Brody's son gets cut oh, later that's, on Oh that's okay that's later never mind <laughs> Okay <laughs> excellent <laughs> So so let's um, move on <laughs> yeah, I guess so all right, so the there's a camera that goes underwater um, that shows Chrissy swimming from below, mm-hmm. um, but once she's once she's attacked, it stays just above the surface to right. build the tension. Right, and that for me has um, I absolutely love, and I have got multiple notes about this that that mm-hmm. I'll I'll go into a little bit further, but just the tension building in yeah. this is 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 beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Working in, um, working in theater a lot this year, um, we in my directing and script writing class, um, when we were focusing on the directing part, um, we spent about half the time focusing on building tension okay. and like um, where like different how different parts of the stage have different like feelings uh just subconscious feelings that you have as an audience member mm-hmm. but also building tension and we worked a lot of scenes that were completely silent and we had to build different types of tension okay within that and so as a director you have to um direct your actors on how to build that tension like, right the actors can convey the emotion through their faces and body language um only so far, but as a director, you have to you have to continue to tweak that and to really work at it to to kind of make it a whole. Sure. And so, having that knowledge now, it I can appreciate it a lot more. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is a movie that many people would argue that is about a shark. Right. You don't. It's a two hour movie, which is which is long for the seventies. Yeah. It's a two hour movie. You don't even see the shark until after halfway. Until yeah, you don't really see the shark until halfway, and you don't get a good look at the shark until about, about three quarters of the way or yeah, so. Yeah, until yeah. there's like half an hour left of the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 all just tension building, tension building. Right. It's between John Williams and Sp- Steven Spielberg. They just they killed it. Yeah, absolutely killed it. Um, so when they're when they are um coming up. 
it's daytime yeah. and, and mm-hmm. you start you start to meet the characters, Chief Brody and everything. You right. see that you see that sign, Amity Amity Island welcomes you. And it's uh it was uh that's the sign that's at uh, Universal Studios right. too. Mm-hmm. Um I, I I love that sign. There was I did a I did a photo shoot, a fa- it was a family photo shoot. Um at uh, at the beach like two years ago or so in in Blaine and um, it was a very large family and the, the, this family had uh, had this I, I don't know the, a bunch of a bunch of sisters and now they're older now they're like in their eighties but um, they had this this term for themselves jaws because they all had a very distinct jawline and they and they all they all shared that and so they wanted me to get a picture of the of the four of them all standing next to each other showing their their jawline i don't know it was a big deal to them so i thought about what i was doing and so then i positioned them in front of the water and i took the picture with them offset to the side and then when i gave them the picture i Mm -hmm. had superimposed that amityville (laughs) and they absolutely went nuts they loved it they thought that was (laughs) the best thing ever that's awesome so yeah um let's see at the beginning um chief brody he's writing the report about chrissy's attack and he is on an electric typewriter yeah technology alert here um that Having an electric typewriter in 1975, that is like top of the line technology. I, I, knowing, just knowing what I do and, and growing up in the, in the 80s, you know, 70s and 80s, I, I know that that's like the coolest thing ever. ever. My dad had an electric typewriter and we were sometimes allowed to use it, (laughs) but it was a manual typewriter mostly. Okay. So, um, I'm not sure where your notes are. I'm going to move forward. You you stop me when you get to Um me. so talking about like meeting the characters and mm-hmm. um I have two notes that are kind of back to back. Um so Chief Brody's son gets cut, right? Yes. Um and so they they clean it up and everything and then he goes up. He goes he asks if he can go back out. Yes. to the water. So growing up on the ocean <laughs> <laughs> And growing up knowing about sharks and everything on the Pacific, sure. y- one one would know if you grew up kind of like I did. One would know that um, you don't go out in the water with blood, right? Like a open wound or anything. So it's like, why you're going out in the water with a bloody hand? Why why are you doing that? Yes, and again, you know you know so much about sharks. Because of my fear that (laughs) that your grandfather instilled in me by by presenting this movie to me at such a young age. Right. Um, Back then, people knew little to nothing about sharks. Um, You, you know, like we like we said uh, on the impressions and memories section, there were there was no Shark Week. Um, Mm. There might have been some uh, National Geographic magazine, which most people didn't read anyway. Right. Um, But there was. there was very little information out there. And, and you see that later on in the movie when, when um, Hooper, the marine biologist, mm-hmm. is, is talking to the townspeople and none of them knew like any of the information. That's normal. People did not know about sharks until, yeah. until this movie. I wow. mean, of course, they knew they existed, but right. they didn't know that there were all so many different varieties and, yeah. and all of that. So. But yeah, and then also, um, I think it's the same... No, 
It's it's not. It's later on. So go ahead and yeah. Um, in the meantime, go ahead and switch your phone to airplane mode. I think okay. that's why we're getting that interference there. Okay. So um, I I absolutely love the small town feel of Amity. It reminds mm. me of of like Linden or Clovis when I was right. a kid uh, before Clovis became as big as it is now. And, okay. And or Main Street, Main Street USA, and Disneyland <laughs> and Disney World, or like uh, Carlsbad. Yeah, yeah. There's just this this small. Uh, this small town where everybody shows up to the Fourth of July parade right. and, and and people know each other and and um that's something or if you're uh, if you watch Gilmore Girls like Star Stars Hollow mm. I I gotta tell you I I when I first saw Gil- Gilmore Girls I went looking for Stars Hollow <laughs> to find out where it was because I was gonna move us there right. and I when I found out it was a fictional town I was so disappointed because <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I love the the small town right now we we live the the city we're in now is a small town in a big area like um, and, and I say that because because we we often see people like at the at the store or at mm-hmm. Starbucks or or even when we were stopping to to get those barbecue burgers from the stand we ran right. into people we knew you're oft, you're always seeing people that you know and running yeah. into people that you know uh, even though there's a big population it's, it's a small town feel right um, but just right outside we have the whole metropop metrop metropolis of uh of greater vancouver and it's just you get lost it's a huge city and there's nothing but traffic congestion Mm -hmm. and you're surrounded by by buildings and no open sky and and it's absolutely awful and i know that some people like it i'm not a a fan of of this being swallowed by a by a big city and so these these small towns and even where we're where we're looking to move later down the line is is a very small town and and it, it draws me for some reason mm-hmm. um i just hope they have a good theater program yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> um now i didn't realize uh, with a with a small town aspect i didn't realize the politics of the movie when i was younger like the the mayor and the city council they're sweeping this attack under the rug for their gain and, and the right. greater good i i had noticed that too mm-hmm. um like like the multiple, like I said earlier, the multiple, um, each time I, I watch this movie again, I always notice something different. Sure. Because I I watched this movie for the first time, actually around the age you saw it for the first time. Right, right, right. Um, but, um, and so I didn't understand the politics or some other things behind it. Watch it again, I understand more. Watch it again, understand more. Mm-hmm. This time I look at it. I see it as a completely different movie. Mm-hmm. I've I've seen a lot of things like that in in companies, in church, even in in Survivor. You know, we, right. we watch Survivor a lot, and and I see that that uh, that there are these the, these level of politics um, that mm-hmm. are that are just so deeply in you, you. You can't really take things at face value, right? Um, like uh, when I when I was a kid, I was just like thinking that 
that this mayor, this man is a bad man because he won't close the beaches. And, and I didn't understand mm. why. Now looking at it, uh, being older and a business owner and all of that is, right. is if you close the beaches, then you, then you lose income. People lose their houses, their jobs yeah. and everything. So, so it's not just, he's a bad guy for that. He's mm. the mayor. He's in a, he's in a tough spot trying to balance out, right. um, the, the, the statistical probability of, risk versus the detriment to the town. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so my next note here, we talked about that. It just continues to build the tension. Mm-hmm. The, the chief knows there's something wrong and he, he can't get, he can't get close to the, or he can't close the beach. Right. So he just sits and watches that day that they're all yeah. on the beach. And this comes into that, that zoom thing mm-hmm. that you wanted to talk about. Yeah. It's a, uh... I have one note, and then it, that's my next note. Okay. So the camera captures, to build this tension, the camera captures the innocent fun of children playing and mm-hmm. water splashing. Then suddenly a dog is missing. Right. And then the attack. Right. And then this camera thing. So let's yeah. go to your notes. So my, my first note is um, hey, uh, Chief Brody's son uh, asks if, if he can go back in the water, and his mom's like, your your fingers are pruning, and so he's like, okay, well, can I just go for like ten minutes longer? My my question is, why does it matter that your fingers are pruning? Because for me, I know that when your hands are uh, are wet, they are your your hands are meant to have grip um, dry mm-hmm. normally, and so when your hands are wet, you lose grip. But what pruning your fingers pruning um, actually is is your your hands are adapting to the to the moisture of the water that you're constantly in. So you're they prune like that so you can um, then have grip for wet surfaces and stuff like that. Yes. So that is based off of the the bio, biology and studies and everything that you were taught mm-hmm. and now know in 2021. Right. 1975. Um it was not that. Okay. It, it was like, oh, if your fingers are pruning, then you've been in the water too long, and it, it's probably going to be bad for you. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Simple as that. And I, I remember having similar conversations with, with my mom, too. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, now you're, you're pruning. You need, your fingers are pruning. You need to get out. My grandma, same thing. Right. It's, no, you've been in the bath too long. You need to come out because you're so. Yeah. Um, that reminds me of something. I, I was at grandma and grandpa's house one time and um i'd come out of the bath my fingers were all pruned and i was young so i didn't know what it was and i went up to grandma and said look grandma my hands are wrinkled like you (laughs) 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 ah the innocence of youth (laughs) (laughs) right and so so now going into my next note with the zoom i i i know there's a technical term for that zoom and we we had studied it um we we looked at it a bit in, um, in film class, but really where I learned about it was uh, was TikTok, where um, it was like a big trend to do that Zoom, and right. so it's it's really impressive. It's a really cool uh, trick. It's like you're either um, it, it's like a weird focus Zoom, like everything else around the character uh, or the objects you're focusing on is moving either in or mm-hmm. out. But your your object stays in the same place, right? Um, from what I know of that, it's either your um, so if you're moving the camera toward your 
um, toward your object, you're zooming out. So it's like this weird effect that you're get, you're getting close to the to the object, but everything else is zooming out. Yes. And then vice versa, if you if you want the if you want things to zoom out, you move away, but you zoom in, and so yes. it creates this weird effect behind them. Um, I noticed that, and yeah, <laughs> it's frustrating or not frustrating. It's it's interesting that the that one of your trivia facts was something that I noticed on a technical side. Yeah, it's called the jaw zoom. Uh, it? it is. Um, it, there, it, there's a more technical term, but that's mm. the that's like the the slang term for it is the jaw zoom. I see. And my my note on that is is that zoom into Brody when he realizes that his fears came true, it brings you right into the moment. Yeah. And it just everything focuses on like, oh my god, it's it's happened. Right. So. Yeah, it's it's really impressive. Again, for for the seventies and. So if you're calling it the jaw zoom, it was it mainly? Uh, it sounds like it was not necessarily invented, but it was mainstreamed from this yes. movie. Yes, yes, that's what that's what it's most known for. Okay, uh, or for, first recognized for, I should say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, my uh, my next note is talking about how Quint was introduced. Oh, the the nails on the chalkboard. Yeah. His original his original. Um, introduction was supposed to be him watching, uh, I think it was Gregory Peck's Moby Dick movie in a movie theater and, and just being belligerent and laughing and making fun of the, the, the um, effects and everything like that to the point where the movie theater clears out. And that's how we were supposed to meet him. Um, But to do that, um, Spielberg would have needed to get the rights of Mm. Gregory Peck uh, or get him to to agree to it because he was a partial owner of of the okay. movie and Gregory Peck he did not want it used um, because he was so embarrassed of his performance in Moby Dick oh, wow. that he didn't want to see see himself on screen again uh, <laughs> in in that role okay and so uh, and so instead they they did that they, he. Um, the townspeople are just arguing, huge commotion, mm. and then he just reaches up and scratches down the the chalkboard to get everybody's attention. Brilliant way to introduce a character. Yeah, brilliant. He's he's just like, no, he, all all your trivial BS. It just doesn't matter. Listen to me. I, I right. know what I'm doing here. So in in that board uh, in that boardroom or not boardroom, but like in that little like town hall meeting, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, everybody was going nuts over the $3,000 reward. Mm-hmm. And it, my first thought was $3,000. It doesn't seem like much. I looked it up and did the math. $3,000 then is the equivalent to around $15,200 today. Okay. So it's quite yeah. a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just to catch a catch a shark. Yeah. And um, and then I had a, I had a couple of notes, but we're, we're past that now. So No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I don't. I don't want to go back. Okay. We're, we're 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 going a bit on time right now. Sure. So what? Uh, something that I saw was also was um, there in this move in this movie, or I guess that stood out to me is instead of a lot of quick dialogue back and back back mm-hmm. and forth, there are a lot of short monologues instead, yeah. and and it's it's absolutely great. It's it's old movie style, mm-hmm. um, and. Um, Remembering again that these are these are 
most of these actors started in theater, and right. so so they're all having having their moments. And as a director, uh, you know, Spielberg is is letting each of these characters bring yeah. not not just not just um, who they are now, but what made them into who they are. And mm. and it's like it's giving them a backstory without exposition. Yeah. It, yeah, it's uh, it's really brilliant writing. Mm-hmm. In in my eyes, I guess. Um, my my next note here. I don't know where you are, but they had just uh, everybody had gone out and just caught a shark. Yes. Looking, um, and the marine biologist was talking about uh, the bite radius. Again, I <laughs> it's twenty twenty one, and I grew up knowing sharks and everything. And looking looking at the movie, um, or looking at the shark they had caught. The bite radius, yes, is too small to for like it didn't match, and yes. they'd shown that in the movie. But also, that shark was way too small to have done that amount of damage. Right, right. Uh, another piece about that shark mm-hmm. uh, that that I read in um, was that was a real shark, but because mm-hmm. where they were filming, they couldn't catch sharks like that. Mm-hmm. That shark was caught in Florida and then shipped up to where they were filming for that oh, wow. scene. By time it had gotten there, it had decomposed, like horribly de- decomposed. Um, wow. And when they hung it up, its its insides had had rotted and were sitting just above the the head cavity there, oh, and wow. smelled so bad that that's why you were getting those real reactions from from the actors that were like, "Oh, this is this is bad. This is awful." Is yeah. because it smelled so so awful. Rotting fish is just oh the worst. Yeah, it's awful. Um, the uh, the you see the chief, he's doing all of his research with in magazines and encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. That's how we used to do it. And, yeah. and that was, that was until like, that was until the, the end of the nineties. I mean, but mm-hmm. back even when I was doing research in college, that's what I was doing. I was looking in right. encyclopedias and journals and going to the magazine and, and the Dewey decimal system. Shout out for that, <laughs> which I don't think you even know what that is. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I like to pride myself on, like, I know of my like a good amount of um, quote unquote old technology and like the mm-hmm. way that you used to do things because of movies I've seen just growing up being born pretty close to the nineties, not, not in the nineties, sure. but pretty close to sure. the nineties. So I, I recognize some, a few things and I know things, but I was never taught the Dewey decimal system. Dewey decimal system is, um, is, a library catalog filing system. So, and you, you've seen it in, in movies like in, in Ghostbusters. I know you saw it there, but you've seen it in places where they, they pull open these little drawers and they have these little cards that tell you where to find books. Okay. And the Dewey decimal system is like a, a series of numbers. And the first, the first set tells you like what section of okay. the library it's in the second, uh, second set. And then there's a decimal. And then the second set of numbers tells you, like what row and then what shelf and oh wow so it it's a very exact way of filing okay so um yeah. but it was it was used as, as a standard in in libraries companies businesses anywhere that that had mm-hmm. had uh, stuff to file um so so that scene we we see the the kittner uh kittner woman which i forgot her name we talked about we talked about her earlier oh right um, yeah but She's really old to have a young son. Uh, the boy that was eaten was about ten years old, and right. she she was a bit 
older. But back back in back in those days, mm-hmm. a high percentage of women still didn't go to college. What they did oh, wow. was was they married and had kids young, like right out of high school, 18, mm-hmm. 19, and they're they're on their their first kids. So but in order to portray portray a the mother as mm-hmm. somebody that that the target audience, which were going to be uh, adults mostly, mm-hmm. um, for them to to get that feeling of this as a mother, they cast an older they oh, cast wow. older okay. women in those roles often, and they and Spielberg did that here. So so you you get that idea, that impression of she's she's a mother, even yeah. though she would normally be about twenty years younger. Okay, so. So going on that uh, mm-hmm. on that one scene, I, I, every time I had seen this before, I never understood why she was so mad. And then at uh, what's this Brody? Yeah, at Brody. Like every now and then, I'm I think I remember like the last time I watched this. Oh, okay, that's probably why she's mad, but I forget why. Mm-hmm. But now looking at it now, I, I now understand why she was mad. Like. Somebody, uh, a shark just killed her son, and she and another person that Chief Brody knew about, and yet he didn't close the beaches, and yeah, he allowed that to happen, which is which is terrible. Sure, and, and, and I understand. And it was out of his control, but but you you're somebody that's hurting, and you need a release. Yeah, and, and so. you also, as a citizen that she was, and Chief Brody having the knowledge that he has, it's. She she didn't quite know every part of the story. She right. only knew that she found out that someone had died. He knew about it. He still let the beaches open. Right, right. Um, there was a after that. There was a scene where where he is just he's having a hard time with the events of the day, and he's sitting mm-hmm. at the table, and it's late at night, and he's kind of rubbing his head and everything, and his son's sitting at the table, and he's watching him, and he's mimicking everything that his dad does. And it's a really cute scene, but I remember sitting at the table once and you doing that and you were just mimicking everything that, that I did. And it took me a while before I noticed as well. just like, just like Brody. And when I did, I immediately thought of this scene and I thought, okay, that was, that was the cutest thing. And your, your mother was watching the whole thing too. I mean, it was just like this, this movie (laughs) and, and she thought it was funny. So I don't remember doing that, but Mm. I'm glad you do. Yeah. And then we get to uh, Ben Gardner's boat scene, and that's that's where my dad had the incident. Yeah, <laughs> the fame that that's in Barnes family lore forever. Yeah, uh, my ne- my next three notes are about that. The first okay. one is the 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 score behind that scene just reminds me how much I love John Williams and mm-hmm. how how distinctive his music his the music that he makes is. Yeah, um, and then the next one is. <laughs> Here comes the scene that Grandpa always t- talks about. His, his <laughs> one story about this movie, right? And then the last thing is that when that head popped out, looking at it from my my perspective of not really being scared of anything nowadays, or mm-hmm. <laughs> being the brave self that I am, and also looking at it in a technical side, it was really the sound effect when that head popped out that made it scary. Okay, because to me. That head looked looked as fake as a Christmas tree. Sure, um, but but it was the it was the out of nowhere, very sharp, high pitched sound effects that that really just got you. Yeah, 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 definitely. And so so that it it shows the the genius behind um, sound effects and 
what you can really do and like how scary movies and horror movies use um use sound and the the music behind it to really build the tension mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that's a whole career in itself. A, yeah. friend, a friend of mine, uh, that's that's what he does for work, is he does the sound effects for video games and some movies. Right. And um, and he went to he went to school for it. He's got a very impressive computer setup, but mm-hmm. he just does that, and then you know he gets his paycheck, and then he goes off and he goes sailing across the world because <laughs> that's what he likes to do. Yeah. Um, but you're talking about that that underwater scene. Now you had you had mentioned something that you wanted to talk about earlier when we were on a break in between our recording things about not scary farm. So go ahead, explain. Oh yeah. So another thing, um, looking talking about the movies and uh, this movie and how like different parts scared different people. And are we uh, just thinking that our listeners are worldwide, so not everybody knows what not scary farm is. Right. So. In in California, where where I grew up, there there are a couple of different theme parks. You've got Six Flags, um, both Magic Mountain, Discovery Kingdom. You've got Great America. You've got Disneyland. You've got Universal. You've got all these um, ones, and then you have um, Knott's Berry Farm, which there's a long history behind it. But right now, it's a theme park. Yes, um, it's a Cedar Point. Theme Cedar. Park. It's a Cedar Point theme park, and so um, one of its Things that it, uh, one of its events that Knott's Berry Farm does is this uh, haunted house uh, like event, really for for October, a mm-hmm. uh, little uh, end of uh, end of September yeah, yeah, yeah. to the beginning of November, whatever. Um, and it's one of the to me one of the uh, best haunted house experiences. Now, haunted house is not uh, not haunted house. They they completely uh retheme the park into yeah. into scary and halloween there okay. there are multiple haunted houses they fill up uh there because uh because it's california it's not flat yeah. um they fill up all of the areas that sink down with fog they they hire they hire thousand like two thousand uh, actors mm. uh, as uh, as monsters to dress up as monsters, right. and they jump out of out of the fog at you. They walk through the people, so yeah. it, it's it's really it, it's, it's really intense. It's a it's a great experience. Mm-hmm. For me, I first time going to it was what two three years yeah now? two years ago when um, the when the fires. Oh yeah! Oh, that was awful. Yeah. That's a whole nother ex- <laughs> right whole right, other right, story. Right. Um, but I remember being quite scared for it because I'd never really experienced it, mm-hmm. things like that. But going as the night progressed, I got used to it and I started having fun. But I remember you not being scared of really anything. You were just laughing, having a good time. And until we got to one of the themed haunted houses, which was... Oh, like, yeah, the new one. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, one of the new ones. And it was like underwater and everything. Mm-hmm. And I thought that one... Um, at that point of the night, I was kind of better now i was i was starting to enjoy everything yeah and then there was one part where a big animatronic shark just pops out <laughs> of the wall it's very graphic the the animatronic is very detailed i saw it, i'm like oh that's really impressive that's cool let's move on but i remember getting out of there and you you had said that that really freaked you out it did it did oh my gosh yeah i i 
Yeah, I just got this again. Thanks, thanks, Dad, for uh, letting me <laughs> see that movie at such a young age. Right. <laughs> um, my my next note here, we're, we're talking. Uh, it was it was from another beach scene, and what we see, I I think it's interesting because we see that swimsuits were a lot more conservative back in the seventies than right. they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I that just stood out to me that uh, that people wore a little bit more clothing, but. Right. But they didn't quite. the The designers didn't know how to make that quote work. So right. there's this this scene where we're looking up at the lifeguard and he's he's screaming out, and you see in his shorts and he's showing brain and, yeah. and <laughs> so yeah you know there, there's it's more conservative and less at the same time. Right. <laughs> um, so. uh, kind of going on, just a little quick note is that it's weird. Because one of the shots from the Fourth of July beach scene is that you see the the mother of the dead kid with her husband and maybe a friend in the water. Mm-hmm. It, it could have been a detail that they they missed, but it I didn't miss it. Is that it's weird how the mother of a dead kid who died from a shark attack in the water a couple weeks prior is now having a good time just swimming in the water. I don't think that was her. I think that was some someone that looked like her cuz there was a there were some some similar looking uh background uh characters. Okay. Our background actors as well. It, it looks a lot like her. I I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. And they might have just they might have just used her to fill yeah. uh for that same reason, but I don't believe that that was her. Okay. Um I'm, let's see, my note here is, is they're, they're still increasing the tease. Um, mm-hmm. We see, we finally see the shark. We see him underwater, but not very clearly. Right. Um, there's just, um, we, sh- we show him and he's blurred by it, by the water. Yeah. Um, so they're still, still building that tension this mm-hmm. far into the movie. Um, <laughs> my, my next note is, then we, we get to the scene in the hospital, and the mayor is smoking in the hospital. Yes, that was allowed then. I knew that. And I that knew was that. allowed even when I was a kid. Yeah. It's so, it's, yeah, the how far we've come as a right. society. Right. Um, my next note here is now, now they're on um, the, now they're on the Orca. Okay. Chief Brody, uh, the Marine Biologist, and the Captain. Cooper and Quint. Yeah. Yes. And they're they're now in the orca, and yeah, there's now just some character tension. Yeah, that's that's my next note too. Go ahead. He he, uh, the the captain. I keep forgetting his name. I'm not good with Quint. names. Quint. Quint. Uh, cracks open uh, a beer, drinks it, and crushes it with his hand. And then <laughs> uh, Cooper <laughs> is drinking Hooper. his Hooper. Hooper. Hooper is drinking his water with uh, in a styrofoam yeah. cup and does the exact same thing. <laughs> And that, for as long as I've seen that movie, I've always found that funny. Yeah, that's um, I. Me too. I uh, I saw that you were writing that note at the same time that I wrote my <laughs> note, which is um, which is the constant competition between Quint and Hooper is hilarious. Yeah. Um, and you know, later we 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 found out looking at the trivia that they didn't like each other, right. and so it helped build that tension. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's really funny. And then, well, uh, on the, based off of the earlier segment with the trivia, um, 
I was talking about how some of the some of the trivia answered some of my questions, and I said the shark. I forgot if it was a puppet or animatronic. Either way, very impressive for the time. Mm-hmm. That that was my note. Okay, um, my note right be- right before then is when the when the shark is first caught on the line. Mm-hmm. There's no music going. Uh, there's very minimal sound. Just the the tiny little lapping of the water on the boat. Quint. Um, he he uh, just moves it. You see him move his eyes to the line. He doesn't make any any quick movements, mm-hmm. and you just have the background visual and sound of Brody and Hooper doing their thing. Mm-hmm. But you watch, you watch Quint just quietly and methodical methodically strap himself in, mm-hmm. and just get prepared. And then um, there's a. It's just a huge tension building moment. Mm-hmm. Like you know something's coming, right. and and it, it puts you there with Brody and with Hooper, mm. who have no idea that anything's going on right, right. now. And you're like, oh, no, something bad's going to happen. And, and, and Quint's the only one that knows. Um, huge, huge tension. Yeah. And then and then uh, just a little bit later, I, you've got Brody chumming the water in. Mm. And so this is the first time, this is the first time that, um, that the act, oh, I forgot his name. Why did I forget his name? What's um, er, Roy Scheider? Mm-hmm. This is the first time that he's seen the animatronic. Oh, really? So it pops out of the water right behind him, and then he improvs the improvs the line. We're gonna need a bigger boat, <laughs> and that that is one of the most quoted quoted lines uh, from from this movie. But uh, but wow. I thought it was interesting that he just improved it and it stuck because mm-hmm. it, it's a great line. Yeah, it's a great line. Um, and you see the shark, who's absolutely frightening. Right. Um, with that, with that scene, um, he there, there's a shot where he he sees the shark. He pops up and he's just looking, mm-hmm. like in in fright. Now, it it the the few things that I've written down that just catches my mind. I have no idea what it was, and it really doesn't quite pertain to the to the us talking about it in the podcast but it it really bothered not bothered me but it stuck out for about 15 frames um there was a red beam that went kind of right above his head and um it kind of looked like a plane figure but it just went across the across the screen thinking about if if since this movie is on film mm-hmm. that it could have just been a plane passing by, and the blinking red light of it kind of just strung together at the. Str- at I the know screen. what that is. I know what that was. What? Because that was also in the trivia, but I, I didn't include it. Okay. Um, it was a meteor that shot across while oh. they were filming. Oh wow! But it was such a good take that that he yeah uh, he wasn't going to do it again. Okay. <laughs> so I'm glad I noticed it. Yeah. Um, and then again, something I noticed. Something I found interesting is that the boat is called the orca, and <laughs> the only animals that sharks are hunted by, besides humans, <laughs> uh, are orcas. Yeah. And orcas are essentially just sea bullies because orcas right. are just terrible. Yeah, they for fun they fling seals like like tens of feet in the air just for fun. That's funny you say that because there was a game. Uh, that I used to have on my phone, it was it was seal tossing and it was orcas throwing. So <laughs> you, you, it was like a like kind of like an Angry Birds where you're where you're yeah. choosing your parabola and it was just toss orcas tossing seals. Yeah. <laughs> and then so now going into into seeing the shark um, mm-hmm. a lot yeah, for this last 
what, 45 minutes of the movie right. at this point? Sure. Is that the real the realism in this fake shark is really outstanding for the times you get to see it. But I also remember reading somewhere that underwater, um, the shark looked very real. And when it was out of the water and like dry, it um, it wasn't very realistic looking. Okay. Uh, I remember, I think I remember reading that somewhere. Um, and, and that, and that's why the frames of the, of when you see the shark are very short and like you see the shark for a couple frames and then they're cut is because yeah. it looked even on camera, it looked a little too fake for, sure. for Steven. And so, um, uh, but also for the time it was quite realistic and, Looking at um, the a couple of the shots um, toward the end when like the ship's gone down and everything, mm-hmm. you we get a lot more frames of the shark. Me mm-hmm. looking at it, it looks kind of fake to me. But for again for the time, it was fairly realistic. Yeah. So uh, a couple thoughts about that. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, there were some real shark scenes that Spielberg didn't capture, but a couple of the other divers did, and they were right. credited. And I don't remember the names, but they were credited on the mm-hmm. at the end. Um, but uh, but those those were intermixed. Uh, yeah. But there but like when he's when the sharks attacking the cage and all that, that's mm-hmm. all underwater. Yeah, all underwater stuff as well. Um, but they. Uh, oh shoot! I I had a thought. I forgot what you what you just said that tr- that triggered triggered my thought there oh um by you had said by the time we get to the end and and because the tension had been building mm-hmm. s- for so long in the movie then we finally get to see the shark mm-hmm. and it's just little glimpses at a, at a time by the time we get to the part that you're talking about or the parts that you're talking about yeah that have more of the more of the shark you gotta remember you've bought in at this point. Yeah. So now it's the willing suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. Then you, you no longer care about the special effects or anything. Right. You're just following the, the action of the, yeah. of the movie and, and that the tension of the moment. Yeah. I, I, I get that. Um, but that's something that I, I had noticed. Mm-hmm. Something that stuck out to me was like during the, the barrel shooting scene when they mm-hmm. were shooting the barrels into the, into the shark, uh, how upbeat the movie was like, mm-hmm. like, like Goonies, or it's just, it's classic like, John Williams. It's, like like the like the score. Yeah, the score. Yeah, I noticed that it too. It was uh, Eats like E. T. Superman, Indiana Jones, Jurassic yeah. Park. It all had that 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 light adventure yeah uh, sound to it. And then that with coupling that with the with the clear skies and being out of the water, mm-hmm. it it seemed like an adventure, and it yeah. and it took you on a bit of a roller coaster from from this tense, scary movie to to okay, we're gonna do something right. Um, my next note is about the uh, the scar competition. Uh, oh, yeah. and, and again, it's the constant competition between between Quint and Hooper, mm-hmm. and they're showing off their their scars to each other. And it's such a guy thing to do. Yeah. It's, it's a pissing contest more yeah. than anything. But but I remember uh, just at the end of that when Brody is like, "Well, the only scar I've got is my appendix," and so he, <laughs> look, he looks at his appendix scar. It's just it's this hilarious little mm-hmm. little addition right. that, that closes out that scene. Um, Quint's monologue about the USS Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Did you have you ever heard about that before? No. So it's a true story, okay. yeah, and it was a it was a top secret mission um, that 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 ship was on, and and because of that, they couldn't mayday for help, and so when oh, wow. when the ship went down, 
there were 195, uh, I'm sorry, 1,195 men that went in the water. Mm-hmm. Only 316 came out. It's, it's oh, wow. an inf- infamous story. Um, but they were, they were mostly eaten by tar- tiger sharks. Some died of hypothermia and some drowned, but, but it was just, it's awful, awful, yeah. awful history of the Navy, Navy right there. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, I thought Quint was just a mean and crazy old man. Yeah. But now looking at him as an adult, he's a badass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that's it. He's he's seen it all. He's been through it all, and mm-hmm. he he knows exactly where he is in the, exactly. in the world. Yeah. So, um. So, the, my next my next shots or uh, next note is a technical note that uh, they have a lot of these these long shots, many of them very wide, re- and. If you think about it, the the sound crew, hold, the the guys holding the mics, the mm-hmm. camera crew, they all had to fit on this boat. Yeah. And then they have these these long shots that that show that show all three of our characters mm-hmm. in their different spots on the boat. Yeah. So that had to instead of quick cuts and these longer yeah. shots, that had to take some crazy amount of choreography. Yeah, it did. Um. To to map this all out. And it's, then- Again, rem- remembering that these were all former stage actors too, right. and used to the doing the blocking and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Thinking you mentioned it, that made me think of some of the overhead shots of, um, of like of them on the boat, and it made me think um, of how they did that on the open water. Like, yeah, did they have a helicopter? If so, that's pretty close. Like so, dr- yeah, drones back in the day were called helicopters, right? <laughs> and they they would have they would yeah they would have long zoom lenses okay. on, and it was that was standard standard practice then. Okay, it was an, it was an expense yeah. you had to write in. Right. Um. So my next note is about the shark cage. I'm I don't I only have one note left, okay. and it's like a technical thing. So I've been scuba diving. And actually, I'm doing a dry suit course next week to, okay. to get myself back in the water from the motorcycle accident. Um, I am still on my on the fence about my desire to see sharks in the water. Really? Like sometimes I think, yeah, it would be cool and everything because I I know I know the statistics. I I know that sharks don't, generally speaking, don't aggressively attack humans and don't mm-hmm. hunt out humans and everything like that. But I've got this movie and this right. this fear that's always sent in into me. I think it would be very cool, and I think it would be frightening at the same yeah. time. If anything, it would just be a little curious bite. Yeah, I've had a I've had a smaller shark rub up against me uh, when I was out. Uh, my buddy Billy and I here we were out uh, at Huntington Beach at night one time. Okay. The whole beach was clear, so it was just us, and we decided to go in the water. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I had this, this small shark rub up against me. and oh, that, that's terrifying. That, yeah, it was terrifying. I was out. I, <laughs> I, I left him. I was like, all right, you, you guys eat Billy because I, <laughs> I'm out of this water. Right. And nothing's going to stop me. Um, but uh, but with this with this shark cage, going back to that, it's all it's all practical. There's there it's all practical effects. There's no yeah. CGI like Sharknado or Deep Blue Sea. So so that animatronic shark that had to that had to be doing all all of yeah. this and that's uh that's really it's impressive. It's very impressive. Yeah. Um and then it was uh, a a really really deep awful serious moment was was quint because of his experience on the indianapolis Mm. he had this he had this horrible fear of being eaten by a shark and he's telling talking about one of his friends who was bitten in half and then he gets 
eaten by the shark who bites him halfway, you know, yeah. bites him halfway down. And um, I, I have a, that's one of like my last notes is that when Quint finally gets like eaten. Yeah. The sound effect. The, the, this movie had, has stayed quite impressive with the sound effects and everything up until this moment. With the sound effect, I noticed as soon as he bit into Quint, mm-hmm. it was somebody just biting into a chip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was, like, the one thing I noticed uh, out of all of the, like, uh, the effects and practic- practical effects of, like, I know exactly what that was. Sure. Besides, like, the, the focus zoom and everything. Right, right, right. Um, we, have, uh, we have Brody's most famous line that it's quoted. I've, I've seen it done in a couple of movies since then yep. that smile you son of a bitch and, <laughs> and that is that is such a great line yeah and and i've i've used that a couple times too yeah. and i think it's 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 a great character development move from from him not going in the water and being very timid around the water mm-hmm. in the beginning and then this is like being oh, the one yeah. who kills the shark yeah, yeah. so um and then my last note here where it was about the credits did you did you notice anything about the credits no. So now when we watch credits, it it's some sort of pop or rock song or rap song or whatever, and then you have some score afterwards. And then because of all of the credits, you know, everybody mm-hmm. involved, including the, the the person who who swept up after the caterer, yeah. you know, everybody gets their name naming credits now. Mm-hmm. And the, these credits were just just like a minute, minute and a half, and it mm-hmm. just had it was so short, but. Um, like all of the extras, they, they weren't on, they weren't in there. Right. And, um, it just, it just stood out to me how, how things have developed because everybody wants their, their piece of it and wants to be recognized yeah. for it. And, and to be fair too, by having your name, by being credited in a movie, then that, that, um, puts you in the running to be part of the Screen Actors Guild and then right. part of the union after, yeah. after enough of those. Right. So, uh, so that's it for my, my notes. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, my, my last closing, like concluding thought is like overall this, I, I, I've always enjoyed this movie and it's um, looking at it, looking at it now, it's, it's very impressive for its time. And uh, according to today's standards, it might not have held up in terms of practical effects, mm-hmm. um, but still pretty impressive. But, but really that's okay because it wasn't made today. It was made back then. Right. So then let me ask you on your scale out of 10. Because I was able to figure out um, and analyze this, this movie um, through practicality and really look at it. There were some things that I caught that were unrealistic, but still um, cool to see how they did that with, Um, with the time that this was made and everything, I would put it at about six point eight to a seven. Oh my gosh, that's that's horrible. It's not bad. I this could, movie for everything that this movie is, it was made before I was born. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's like I said, it's a good movie. Like mm-hmm. I could have given it a one. To be no, fair. you couldn't. No, I, you couldn't. Yeah, you'd have to find somewhere else to sleep. Right, but still, <laughs> um, I. To be also to be fair, 
going into watching this movie, you said, look at it from today's standards. So that's okay. how I watched this movie. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. And so that's how I watched this movie. That's how I analyzed it. So some things stu- uh, stood out that I thought it could have been better. Okay. So Could it have been better, do you think, then? Or could it be better if it was done now? What even if- then, I think they could have put a bit more uh, attention to detail with some things. Because going back to when they first cut open the, the tiger shark that they had caught with, like, Mm-hmm. The few fish and like the license plate. Yeah, I looked at it, and if the if they didn't, um, without the proper lighting, if it was just like a bright fluorescent room, mm-hmm. that shark I could tell was made out of fabric. Okay, like the tail, it looked like a fabric um, stuffed animal sure. of a shark. Okay, so um, not to argue, but that right. brings up another point too is the the quality of film that it would have been shown on then as mm-hmm. opposed to our 4K TV now that right. we're seeing all of these detail that's been that's been enhanced and right. and everything like so, you wouldn't have seen that no you wouldn't you wouldn't but yeah the, i i think some things could have been done a bit better but um for even then um, but also remembering that this is one of Spielberg's first movies, and mm-hmm. it probably didn't have that big of a budget. Right. So, I'm, I'm giving it, a, uh, it according to d- today's standards, I'm giving it a bit of leeway. Okay. So taking into account um, inflation, right? Uh, <laughs> score score inflation. Right. So if you were to uh, to look at this back, look at this uh, just as a movie in whole without. All of mm. that. It probably would have bumped it up to seven and a half to eight. Mm. You are such a hard scorer. I am. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you, uh, thank you guys for joining us here, yeah. and um, and in just a sec, we'll uh, we'll tell you about our next week's movie. All righty. Thanks. That's it. Thanks for listening to The Barnes Boys. What are your memories about Jaws? Did we miss anything important? Let us know at www.barnesboys.ca. Thank you for joining us as we kick off. Actually, we've already kicked off season two. (laughs) As we continue season two, be prepared for next week's episode of The Legend of Billie Jean, really this time, (laughs) by watching our movie before the podcast and sending us your questions, comments, anything you remember to our website. All right, and our theme music is written by Ryan M. Barnes. You can find him at www.silvertooth.org. Have a great week.